the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, September the 26th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On September 26, 1960, presidential nominees Democrat John F. Kennedy and Republican Richard Nixon, they faced off before a national TV audience from Chicago. Today, in 19, uh, 1777, British troops occupied Philadelphia during the American Revolution. Today, in 1888, T.S. Eliot was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Today, in 1986, William Rehnquist was sworn in as the 16th Chief Justice of the United States, while Antonin Scalia joined the Supreme Court. He was the 103rd member. Today, in 1996, President Bill Clinton signed a bill ensuring two-day hospital stays for new mothers and their babies. Today, in 2016, Republican Donald Trump and Democrat Hillary Clinton, they participated in their first debate of the presidential campaign at Hofstra University in New York. Today, in 2019, as Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh prepared for a public Senate hearing on an allegation from a California professor that Kavanaugh had sexually assaulted her when they were teens. And the all of the accusations went on and on and on. And the more they talked, the less convincing they were. Kavanaugh, as you know, was approved, confirmed to the court. Today, 2020, President Donald Trump nominated Judge Amy Coney Barrett She was a former clerk to the late Justice Antonin Scalia, one of the great minds on the uh, Supreme Court. She was nominated to fill the seat left vacant by the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Barrett was confirmed the following month. That's a little bit of what has happened in history. We do that every morning just to give you a, a little bit of a context of what happened over a number of years in the past here in America generally, but sometimes worldwide. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is going to take time out of his presidential campaigning for debating from debating the Republicans in the primaries. In two months, he's going to uh, debate California Governor Gavin Newsom when I saw that, I thought, is the um, is the left trying to shift this whole debate away from, I mean, further away from Trump? And I read on, and I, I don't think that's the case because Sean Hannity is behind it. But Fox News said yesterday that the two politicians will appear in a 90-minute debate on November 30th in Georgia. They haven't determined an exact location yet, but it is they're both committed to it, DeSantis and Newsom. Um, besides being closer to DeSantis's home turf, 
the uh, conservative opinion host is Sean Hannity. He'll be the moderator. He's airing it on Fox News Channel in his regular spot at 9 p.m. Eastern time slot. And um, the idea had been talked about since June, and I did remember that. I read about it. I didn't see it. But Newsom appeared on uh, on an interview on Hannity's uh, show, and um, they talked about it then. And Hannity kind of uh, asked him or kind of, you know, nudged him if he would be afraid to um, debate DeSantis. But uh, DeSantis is scheduled to appear in a second debate of the Republican candidates uh, for the 2024 presidential nomination later this week at Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley, California. But this Nathan Click, who's a, a spokesperson for Newsom, he told the press that the California governor agreed to debate provided there would be no cheering section of hype videos. He said, we want a real debate, not a circus. So we'll see how that goes. I I would imagine that the, the Democrats are hoping that that uh, he knocks it out. Their their guy Newsom knocks it out of the park, and all of a sudden Joe Biden will fall ill, and and I mean fall further ill, and um, they can replace him with Newsom. I, I felt like that was what was going on behind the scenes all along. I'm not sure why Hannity did that. I mean, it, it'll give him ratings for sure. I'm I'm a fan of Hannity. I, I like him a lot. I've watched him for years, as many of you have. I'm not sure why he did that, but I'm sure there's some sound reasoning behind all of it. It doesn't politically. It doesn't feel like it's right to me, but you know who knows. Anyway, uh, I don't. I didn't want to spend a lot of time thinking about that, and I don't want you to either. It, it is what it is. We do know one thing: God is in control. Psalm 37 says, fret not because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Later in Psalm 37, verse 23 The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And there's much more. There's always more in the word of God. But that is the word of the Lord. And whatever is happening in your life or in our collective life in our nation, our world, God is in control. I firmly believe that. There are two things upon which I think our Christian faith is built. One, of course, is the Word of God is never changing. It is eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of the Lord, the Bible, will not pass away. The other is, of course, the belief that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, became flesh, dwelt among us, taught among us, was crucified, died, and rose from the dead, thus paying the price for my sins, Gary Randall's sins. And I believe that. I accept that. And I have confessed my sins to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he has forgiven me of my sins. 
and billions of people around the world would give the same testimony of faith. That is the faith that we live in and have our being is in Christ. God is in control of all things. We submit our lives to him. We submit our ways to him. And he directs our path. And we walk in that path because we love him and we trust him. And we know that he loves us and he bought our souls for eternity through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. So we walk in that. So regardless of what's going on around our lives, we can be at peace. That almighty God is in control. Well, every day, American taxpayers are trying to pay our bills and keep up with inflation, Joe Biden's inflation. Every day, American taxpayers are battling inflation and struggling to make ends meet. Their money is subsidizing small businesses, we learn today, in Ukraine. According to a recent report, CBS News, uh, 60 Minutes ran it on Sunday. It's out there in the news. I didn't watch 60 Minutes. I watch it sometimes, not regularly at all. In addition to at least $43 billion in military aid, the U.S. has pumped nearly $25 billion of non-military aid into the Ukraine's economy since the Ukrainian war. Now, I'm not opposed to the Ukrainian people, but I think it's time for all sensible people to ask, where is, when is it going to be enough, Mr. President? I, you have to wonder, and you, I, I guess we have to wonder because we know so much about the corruption in the Biden administration and the Biden family. The corruption is, is over their head. It's, I mean, it's astounding what keeps coming out and covered up by the press. You have to wonder, is any of this, or perhaps how much of this, is being passed through somehow through some nefarious way to the Biden family? You just have to ask yourself that question. I mean, just ordinary people who work and earn a living and try to make ends meet and serve the Lord and so on. But in addition to at least $43 billion in military aid, $25 billion of non-military aid has gone into Ukraine's economy since the Ukraine war started in February of 2022. I suspect, I mean, you have to ask, where is this going? Well, I looked into it a little bit, and one of the places that th- this money is going, this $25 billion of non-military aid, it isn't necessarily going to feed babies and old people. I mean, some of it may be. I hope it is. They need help. But man, where does this stop? I suspect Hunter Biden will be overseeing the design of sneakers very soon because I noticed that some of that $25 billion has gone directly to small businesses, in particular designer companies in Ukraine that design, you know, like fad-type clothing and and high-end clothing and one thing or another. And when this one woman that owns this designer company uh, of, of clothing in 
in Ukraine was asked about it. She said, well, she said, it's not for me. She said, we're just trying to keep everybody working. And I suppose there's a, a, a bit of truth in that. But you just have to ask yourself, is Hunter Biden being paid, you know, $80,000 a month to design sneakers now? Or to tell someone else how to design them? I don't know. But it seems like that's an awfully lot of money for a small country's businesses. But of course, progressivism is always progressive, (laughs) except when it's regressive. Well, I don't know. Many U.S. public schools are adopting a four-day school week. Have you heard that? I mean, it's kind of happening around the country. A four-day school week. Well, they asked for... They ask for more money and more time, and I guess they're getting it, the teachers and administrators and so on. They say they're doing this to save money and to help them recruit teachers. But parents are worried about it on a number of of fronts. One of them, they they said, what are they going to do with their kids on the day off? See, that's part of the problem, though. And I understand. I don't think I'm living, you know, in a blind and dumb world. I'm not. I understand that that. Two parents have to work in some cases, or they've made the decision to do so, and they have to have, you know, their children have to be somewhere on that other weekday where they have once been at school and, got, you know, been able to feed their, get have their meals and study and whatever, and so on. But, boy, I don't know. Parents worry about what to do with their kids on the day off. And that's a growing concern among parents. But the schools seem pretty committed to this. Currently, there's about 900 school districts use a four-day week. That's up from 650 in 2020 out of a total of 13,000 school districts. So they're approaching about 900. So they're approaching, you know, sizable. I mean, they're, they're eating away at this. It's more likely in rural areas, but one of the biggest is Independence, Missouri. They have 14,000 students. They now take Mondays off. So they can recruit teachers. Teachers don't want to work five days. They want to work less. Well, it leaves parents scrambling for daycare and alternative to school lunch on the day off. School administrators say it's definitely a draw for teachers. They say this program is going very well and they hope to expand it. In Independence and elsewhere. They said in Independence, in this 14,000 student um, district, they say that they're definitely it's definitely a draw for teachers and teacher applications are up fourfold over just last year before they initiated this. There's two ways you can look at that. One is, I mean, will it be a three day week soon and more money to public education? But on the other hand, if they're not in the classroom, the, the children at least they're probably not getting indoctrinated at the moment when they're not in that classroom. So that reduces the indoctrination by a a fair percentage if they don't have access, if the public school system, and I know there's teachers that are godly men and women, I know that, that are teaching. I know some of them. I've said it time and time again. I don't want anybody to misunderstand. I'm not being blinded about this. I understand there are some very good teachers in our system, and they don't, they do not try to indoctrinate children, and they try to stand against that whole movement in public education. But 
the people who run the system and many of the teachers are activists to the core. I cannot quite figure out how some of these people have gotten to the point of where they are. We're mutilating little kids under the banner of transgenderism, mutilating their bodies, hiding it from their parents, somehow seems normal and right. You tell me. I don't know. I don't know what's in their mind. They're blinded. Obviously, Satan is having a heyday because he is he is the source of disaster and pain and confusion. And this whole movement that's rooted in the school system, whether it's racism or transgenderism or gender questioning or whatever, I don't know. A lot of people have gone, thousands, millions, have gone to homeschooling. And yet that's attacked. Not only here in America, but globally. People people who try to homeschool find a growing resistance against it. Nowhere more than in Germany, an evangelical Christian family is begging the Biden administration to stop their deportation back to Germany. In Germany, it's pretty much illegal to homeschool their kids. It's interesting that the Biden administration now has given them notice. I'll talk a little bit more about this because we should know this. Oh, I know they're from Germany, but they're here And this takes the temperature of this administration, at least for sure, and a lot of our deep state organizational people. It takes the temperature of where they are on homeschooling. They're not favorable. In fact, some of them hate it, and they want to see it abolished. This Christian family from Germany have been here in America for the last several years. They fled Germany because they felt the Lord wanted them to homeschool their children. They're bright people. This Christian family has been living in the U.S. for 15 years after seeking asylum from persecution in Germany. And boy, they were persecuted. They were fined or they attempted to fine them $9,000, the family, just for doing this. Homeschooling is generally illegal in Germany. There are some cases where it isn't, but very, very, very few. This uh, Uva and Hanelor uh, Ramaika, they fled Germany in 2008 after being threatened with prosecution for homeschooling their five children. Homeschooling in Germany is only allowed in a very limited circumstance, as I said. They were, as I said, they were fine, facing a fine of $9,000, so they moved to East Tennessee and filed for asylum. Authorities here denied their claim in 2013 while the family attempted to appeal the decision after the Obama administration challenged the initial ruling, of course. That was approved. They did not have citizenship in the U.S., but they were approved to stay. However, they were allowed to live here for the last 10 years under an indefinite deferred action status. That was their official position here. But earlier this month, the Biden administration informed them that they need to go back to Germany. Yeah, we don't. You can't, you're not welcome here anymore. You, you're not seeking asylum. This while millions of people are pouring across our southern border. 
You think about that for a moment. You talk, talk about biased. They're trying to remove this one family who are evangelical Christians feeling that God spoke to them to raise their kids and teach their kids in a godly atmosphere, which America provides. And they're trying to get rid of them now and move them out of the country while the borders are open. And who knows? Only God knows who all is crossing our border, just melding right into our society. Some of them are probably hardworking, decent people coming, trying to find a better life, and they'll do whatever they need to do, including breaking the law and come in illegally. But some are good people, and some are bad people coming across the border, and we know that. We don't know how many and how bad, but we know they're there. And what will they do internally in this country? But no, the, the Biden administration doesn't care. But they really focus on this family, this Romica family, and they're trying to get rid of them. Their bid to stay in the U.S. comes as millions just cross the border and find a place in America. This Uva uh, was on uh, Fox and Friends on Sunday. They're originally from Germany, as I said. The family fled to U.S. after being fined for homeschooling their children in their mother country. They love their country. They want to stay there, but they can't. Five years after their asylum claim was denied with U.S. authorities under the Obama administration, they said they had been persecuted. They were then given the right to stay. The goal in Germany is for an open, pluralistic society. The Justice Department under Obama wrote a legal brief at that time. Teaching tolerance to children of all backgrounds helps to develop the ability to interact as a fully functioning citizen in Germany, we said about their, about their policies. Teaching tolerance is really a code word, not very well coded, but hidden, but it's a code word. It translates to affirming all matter of perversions, regardless of your personal religious beliefs. That's what that's about. That's what the Obama administration was about. And that's what Joe Biden is about, except he doesn't quite grasp all that he stands for. That's the difference between he and Obama. Obama knew exactly what he was doing. Joe Biden knows what he's doing some of the time. But one thing is for sure, he stayed on that rail, a rail of destruction, according to God's word. It's certainly my opinion. Teaching tolerance translates to affirming all matter of perversions. That's what it means. You're a racist if you don't believe America is the most rotten country that ever lived, that ever existed. You are intolerant if you don't embrace all of the sexual perversions that they've cast upon our children in public schools and elsewhere. That's what this is about. They're unwilling to submit to that kind of thinking. And that's where Germany is going and other nations. It isn't just Germany. They happen to be from Germany. We're going that direction here under this current leadership. So I guess their stay was indefinite. However, it's not. So they got to stay indefinitely until they couldn't stay indefinitely. Initially, an immigration judge found that the Romica family's asylum claim was appropriate. I'm hoping as we speak that there will soon be a news release come out and it'll be that 
they've been allowed to stay in the country for some period of time or whatever, perhaps indefinitely. But why the hesitation by an administration that has all but removed any semblance of our southern border? Why are they so focused on this? It certainly doesn't have anything to do with illegal immigration, that's for sure. The Tucson sector, Tucson, Arizona, Border Patrol agents apprehended approximately 11,000 migrants, illegals, during the past week, according to the sector chief. He mentioned that two days ago. Official Border Patrol reports uh, show that the apprehension of approximately 40,000 migrants has taken place so far this month. 40,000 and thousands more have got our gotaways, as they call them. They've just melted into the, into the culture. Tucson Sector Chief Patrol Agent John Modlin, he posted a report on X, Twitter, formerly, indicating that among these migrants was a convicted rapist who was deported after a conviction in the state of Washington. And I mean, this is magnified a thousand, thousands of thousands of times. They don't know who these people are that are coming in here. This, in particular, they discovered him. But the Texas border is even worse. In their initial argument, the family claimed that God was calling them to homeschool their five children, claiming that the anti-Christian message in German schools was also a factor. The couple are now begging the Biden administration to intervene in the decision after they were told to obtain German passports on September 6th, just earlier this month. During a routine check-in, the family were told their deferred status had been revoked. They were given four weeks. Four weeks from September 6th to apply for German passports. The family was reportedly not giving any given any prior warning or explanation other than there'd been a change of orders. The Homeschool Legal Defense uh, Association, SLL, uh, HSLDA, said in a statement, in the 10 years that this family has lived peaceably in the United States, they've built a second life. He said, I can tell you today, I talked to families today that have fear in Germany and the fight there, the persecution there. It's very real today. It's as real as it was 15 years ago. They said, These, this, this family has two children who are American citizens now, two other children who married American citizens. One of these couples recently welcomed their first child. Deportation to Germany, the Association of, of Homeschool says, will fracture these families while exposing the the Ramaka family, to a renewed persecution in Germany while homeschooling is still illegal in most every case. Why would they be singled out? It's because there is a resistance toward anything that is wholesome and good and godly. It seems that in the millions of people that are pouring across our borders, they find this family to go after and deport that, I don't know. I hope that bothers you. It, do, it does me. I don't know these people. I've never met them. But I know the facts. Is there any hope for them? Well, the Homeschool League says there is still hope. The United States Executive Branch intervened once before to grant them a respite, and it has the power to do it again. So I guess the hope 
is in the Biden administration, and that doesn't give me very much hope. Biblically speaking, though, they're right. Train up a child in the way he should go. That's what Christians should be doing, and we should be paying attention. This family is, and it's costing them. Thanks for being with me today. Thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.